You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. I'm so glad you came back for another episode of Life Repurposed. This week, we're gonna be talking about perfectionism, paint, and peace. I'm inviting you into my living room so that you can have a little chat with me. It's like we're sitting down and having a cup of coffee together. And I just love that, that it feels like I'm talking to a bunch of friends who are out there somewhere. And I hope that someday we can actually meet in person. This time in talking about perfectionism, paint, and peace, we're going to be looking at how perfectionism might be the thing that's keeping you from your wellness goals and holding you back. We're going to be looking at a recipe that I promised for chalk paint where you can embrace imperfectionism in the furniture and the projects that you do and just go with it and let it be shabby and be a little bit chic. And so I'll give you that secret recipe for chalk paint. And then we're gonna be talking about peace. And I'm going to share a book with you that is a resource that I think would help anybody who's struggling with perfectionism. And some of you might be extreme perfectionists and some of you might be just a little bit perfectionistic, but that's okay because I think we can all pull something out of that that we can apply to our everyday lives. So as we get started with Inspired Life, this time we're going to talk about wellness and perfection. And I wanna share a little bit of my own story. I have been a dieter, I think, since junior high, pretty much my whole life. Somebody who has struggled with going up and down on the scale. And I want to be honest with you about that because um, I'm talking chunks of weight here and there where it might be a pregnancy. Or 24 years ago, I gave birth to my last baby and I'm still struggling with getting those 50 pounds off, that kind of thing. Or just this perception that we have. When I look back to junior high, I realized that I think I was overweight, and maybe by the charts and standards I was, but as I think about it now, I realized that I really wasn't overweight, but somebody told me I was fat. Some kid at school, maybe a doctor on a scale made some kind of motion or said something. I remember not squeezing into the same clothes that my cousin could wear. And so I just remember thinking, okay, there must be something wrong with me because I'm a lot curvier than some of the girls in my class. And so that began this journey of eating ho-hos for lunch in the cafeteria in high school and drinking a Diet Coke with them, which I know makes absolutely no sense, but that was sometimes what I would do at lunch. Um, Then when I had my children, I've had times where I've joined weight loss centers, and I won't name any because they're all good. I just don't want to uh, criticize one or the other. Really, uh, the principles of it is they want people to get healthier. But what happens for me whenever I join a weight loss plan is that if the scale doesn't do exactly what my health coach says it should do, then I get frustrated. And this week I talk about this in the blog, so if you want to learn more about it, I talk about a couple of different things in the blog than I am on the podcast and the video blog, but I just want to tell you that part of my story because it's important to know that for some of us when we get on the scale, it's, it's just a frustrating thing. A couple of years ago, I had let stress really get to me and I was stress eating and the scale was starting to go up even though I had made some really great efforts to get it down. 
And I felt like when I decided finally to get healthier that it just wasn't moving. And I know there was some adrenaline involved in that because I was under stress, like I said. I wasn't sleeping well because of stress. I know I wasn't eating well. I was filling up on all kinds of junk, just kind of out of emotional eating and justifying it because I thought I deserved it. And when you're not sleeping and you're stressed and you're um, just allowing that adrenaline to build up, then your body does weird things. And then add to that the whole perimenopausal, premenopausal thing, uh, whatever you wanna call it, it's not fun and it really messes with your hormones. So as a 49 year old right now and going through that transition into menopause, um, I'm seeing that I can't lose weight like I did when I was 25. So what happens for me is often I will get going and I will do it all right according to what my health coach says I need to do. Right now I have health coach because my husband and I are enrolled in Liberty HealthShare, which is an alternative Christian sharing ministry that it's an alternative to health insurance. And as a part of that, because I'm not at my ideal body weight, I need to have a health coach and I have to check in with that health coach monthly and set goals. So as I was setting goals and following my tracker and just staying on plan, the, the pounds were not coming off at the rate that my health coach said they should. I don't love that word should. So when somebody says, well, if you eat this many calories, you should lose one to two pounds a week. Well, for me, that just doesn't happen. So um, when I would step on the scale and I'd find out that I lost one pound a month, that was frustrating. And so if I have a week where I've done everything right and then I hop on the scale and it shows a gain, that's even worse. And that's when I start to tell myself I'm a failure. But I've learned to ask the question in my journey to wellness, is that really failure? Is it really failure if I am working on sleeping, I'm working on eating right, I'm working on exercising more, I'm doing all the things that would get my stress down, get my adrenaline worked out, make my body healthier. If I step on the scale and it doesn't move, does that mean I've failed? No. And the problem with me as a perfectionist is that if the scale didn't move the way I thought it should, then I decided the whole thing wasn't worth it. So I step on the scale in the morning and then decide, okay, I guess since I did all this stuff and it didn't result in what I thought it would, then I'm just gonna eat whatever I want to the rest of the day. And so what happens with that is we move into self-destructive behaviors. So if you're a sister or a brother, I guess if there's guys listening, this podcast is really for women, but there might be some guys listening who are also perfectionists who are out there who can relate to this. I would love to hear from you. And just to give you that encouragement, I would say stick with your goals because your journey to wellness really isn't about doing it perfect. It's about doing what's right for you. So I've continued on this journey. It's been very slow, uh, about a pound a month, not even a pound a month for the last two years, but a gradual trend downward and getting healthier and feeling better. So I wanna hear about your journey. Send me some mail, email stale mail, whatever you want to send. You'll find addresses on my website. Um, and also, if you'd like to know more about Liberty HealthShare, if you're looking for an alternative to health insurance, send me an email and I will um, get some information from you that I can use to send you a link so that you can check it out too and see if it's an alternative that would be helpful for you.
In our before and after, I promised you that I would share a recipe for chalk paint. And I'm gonna give you a couple tips about it and then I'm gonna share the recipe. And you will probably want to go to michellerayburn.com slash three to get the recipe so that you can print it out. So it'll be on the blog at michellerayburn.com slash three. So as we think about chalk paint, I really wanna establish the difference between the different things that are referred to as chalk paint because there is chalk paint and there's chalkboard paint. Chalkboard paint is what makes the black chalkboard that you write on, and it is a chalky finished paint, and it's kind of in the family of chalk paint, but it is not the same as chalk paint. When we talk about chalk paint, it's important to refer to it as paint that has a chalky finish because the actual name chalk paint is one that is associated with one of the brands of chalky finish paint. But kind of like with Kleenex and tissue, we've sort of come to know it as just chalk paint when we're talking about it. So chalk paint has a chalky finish and the difference between that and regular paint is that sort of like when you put plaster on a wall, it bonds better. It sticks differently than just regular paint. So if you want to chalk paint a project, you don't necessarily have to sand it and prime it and do all of those steps. It's helpful if you're doing this on something that is really shiny, but I have many things that I've done where I don't do anything other than just put the paint on. So the chalk helps it to bond to the surface and it has about a two week or so curing rate where it won't scratch off as easily. So know that if you do something, you chalk paint it, um, that the next day it might be kind of fragile and it still could scratch off. So I always make sure mine has a good amount of time to cure before I use a piece of chalk painted furniture anywhere where it's gonna get some heavy use. So with chalk paint, there are a lot of brands out there and now you can even buy them at the home improvement store. There are some name brand paints that you would normally be using in spray paint or in um, like painting just general projects like little quarts of paint that are now coming in a chalky finish paint. And then you can also go to craft stores and um, repurposing stores and find some really good high quality chalky finish paint. I am too cheap to do that. I'm gonna admit that right here, that for me spending 30 or $40 for a quart or even a pint of paint is just too much for me. So when I want to do a project, I don't wanna go out there and spend a ton of money on it. I'm just too cheap for that. So when I pick up something at a thrift store or at a garage sale, and I bring it home and I'm gonna paint it, I don't want it to cost me any more than a couple bucks. <laughs> it's just the way I am. So one of the things I do is I make my own chalky finish paint. There are quite a few different recipes out there, so if you Google it, you will find some. But I wanna tell you why I use the one that I do. I use limestone, which is calcium carbonate, when I'm making mine. There are recipes out there that use plaster of Paris, and that used to work with almost any paint. But what can happen now is if you use plaster of Paris and you use it with the new paints that have primer it mixed in, like it's a paint and primer all in one, then it could harden really fast, just like plaster of Paris does. So um, it's important that you use something that will actually last for a while and you could put the gallon or the pint away and it wouldn't harden in there. So I use calcium carbonate, which is limestone, and it 
also happens to be a dietary supplement, so I know that's a little bit weird, but it is. It is what's in your antacids, like Tums and stuff like that. It has calcium carbonate in there. So it's that powdery, chalky stuff that you mix in. And in the recipe for the paint, I give you a ratio of paint and limestone powder and um, water, and you stir that all together, and then it's ready to go. It's ready to paint on. I use leftover gallons of paint, you know, like when you have like that um, quarter of a gallon left and you don't know what to do with it because you've already moved on to another color of paint in your house. I like to mix a couple of those together and make chalk paint for a project. Or I look for thrifty other sources. So there was this lady who had bought a quart of a zillion shades of gray to try them all out on her wall and decide which one she wanted to use for decorating her living room and then she sold them all on the Amazon marketplace and so I think I got like 35 quarts maybe a couple pints of paint for about 25 bucks so I've just been rationing out those shades of gray for different projects and uh, making my chalk paint so I'm going to look at the recipe here so that I can give it to you and be really accurate about it. But you will notice that when you get um, limestone for this purpose, if it has a recipe on it, or if you look online, those recipes aren't all the same. So you probably need to experiment a little bit to find the balance that you like. Because one of the things with chalk paint is that once it's dried thoroughly and you have that chalky finish, you do need to seal it with something. And some people like it to be a little chalkier and it really soaks up that final sealant. And sometimes they don't need it that chalky. So I don't wanna ramble on and on about that. But um, so the recipe that I use is two cups of latex paint. And I like satin finish the best when I'm doing this. And then a half a cup of calcium carbonate, which is the limestone powder. And I got mine from Amazon from a pharmaceutical company that sells their factory seconds to be used for paint. So it's labeled, not for consumption, but for paint. And they've just been smart about resourcing this and marketing it. So um, I ordered it offline. I mixed that calcium carbonate with a quarter cup of water, stirred up, diluted a little bit, and then I mixed that into the paint and stirred up. The whole process takes me like two minutes and then I'm done. And then after it's all stirred up, then I'm ready to go with the painting. And I will have a link on the blog if you're looking for where is it that I got this calcium carbonate, what is it, a little more info for you on that. So good luck with your first or next chalk painting project and I would love to see pictures of your before and after, so please send them. The resource that I would like to share with you this time is a book that I received for review. And it was right about the time that I was working through some of the issues that I talked about in the first part of this podcast, where I was struggling with perfectionism and how it was affecting my wellness goals. And so I received the book, The Perfection Detox, Tame Your Inner Critic, Live Bravely and Unleash Your Joy by Petra Kolber. From the beginning of the book, I felt like I could really relate to Petra. She had a lot of helpful info in there about how perfectionism affects our lives and just how to get rid of that desire for everything to be perfect. And she talked about how that can be both positive and negative sometimes. Because me being a perfectionist in my natural tendency also means that I believe in doing things well and I like to get things done. 
And so as an achiever and a perfectionist, that can be a good thing as long as it's kept in check. And if it's not kept in check and it gets out of control, that's when it's a problem. When I can't decide something's done, when I can't do something well enough so I might as well not do it at all. So there's a balance between the positive and the negative. And I wanna read you a quote from Petra from the book because I think that some of you will resonate with this. If our idea of success is always about proving our worth and always being right, then we are in for a lot of headaches and heartbreak. When success is tied to the outcome, it is a thin tightrope we walk filled with tension and stress. Instead, we should aim to stay buoyant during the times of struggle, see the ebbs and flows as part of the progress of growth, proof that we are living, loving, and more importantly, trying. We can still identify the parts of ourselves or skills that need to be strengthened, but we can view them instead as opportunities to learn and grow, and we can use the success of those around us as motivation to fill our own inspiration tank instead of feeling threatened by their wins. Viewing our weaknesses as opportunities is so freeing. When we look at our weaknesses as an opportunity to grow and learn something instead of a failure, then it motivates us towards the next thing. And I think for me as a freelancer and a business owner, that is so important for me to see that I don't need to compare myself to other people. I don't compare myself to the other writers out there other than to see that they're doing great things and I celebrate their success and then I create my own successes. So as we motivate ourselves, um, we don't have to justify working on something as a failure, but we can look at it as an opportunity. There's one other thing that she talks about because uh, one of the things that happens is we sometimes can't accept ourselves. And Petra says, just like forgiveness does not mean condoning, acceptance does not always mean completely liking what you see. But it does allow us to objectively view the parts of ourselves that still may need strengthening and improving. Instead of punishing ourselves for the areas of our lives that are not perfect, we can use the lens of self-acceptance to see that our potential has not yet been met. I know there's somebody out there that needed to hear that. Your potential has not yet been met. So if you are listening right now and you are in the middle of all the stresses of raising kids, or you are an empty nester and trying to figure out how to balance it all, or if you're working a job that's just stressing you out to the point where you don't know what to do next, I know that there's a next step for you and there is hope. So as you walk that path and discover it, I just wanna send you a big cyber hug and say, I'm here with you and there is somebody who cares. Have you subscribed on YouTube or iTunes yet? The podcast is now available on iTunes and there is a channel on YouTube for Life Repurposed. So I encourage you to sign up so you can get that sent to your inbox right away. Um, every time there's an episode available, you'll get a notice from YouTube or um, whenever there's an iTunes episode available, you'll have it sent straight to your podcast. And then I also encourage you to subscribe to the blog. You can just go to michellerayburn.com and you'll see the link there. And when you subscribe, you will get an email every time the new blog post along with the podcast and video blog goes up. So it's a little blog zine. You get those three areas where we talk about everyday life, a practical tip, sometimes a before and after, and a resource. So I hope that you subscribe so that you can uh, connect anytime you want to. 
You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com.